At Highland, we're all about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com. People of Earth, if you can hear my voice, you have arrived at another episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope. I'm your host, Brent Pope. And my guest today is photographer extraordinaire Diana Lundeen. She specializes in pet photography. She's taken pictures of my pets. She's taken photo shoots with me. And she is fantastic. And we also had a magnificent breakfast from Peroshki Bakery Bros Cafe. And it was one of the most unique breakfasts I've ever had. So don't just stand there. Let's get to it. Strike a pose. There's nothing to it. Diana Lundeen is my guest today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> I could go on a Hallmark card. My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. I didn't need any extra sausage. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> Is a goat pit a real thing? What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue collar guys. Breakfast. Somebody screw through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. I love a crawler. Oh, yeah. my uncle's got the gout. Jalapeno slash cheddar waffles. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast Time. Breakfast. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Dan Lundeen, how are you? Welcome to the studio. I am great, and I am so full from my uh, breakfast. I have to, yeah, I have to say, like recently, I have not been able to actually have our food right before the show. It's been like a day before, a couple days before, just because of everything that's going on and scheduling. But today, we actually we just ate. We just ate, um, and I need a nap. Yeah. I carbo-loaded. <laughs> I'm glad I drank some coffee. We're going to get into that in a little bit. We met through my wife, Tressa. You specialize in working with pets. And the first thing I ever saw was uh, you did this thing called, you have a book called uh, Dogs Eating Ice Cream. It's Dogs versus Ice Cream. Dogs versus Ice Cream. But it is, in fact, yeah, um, Dogs Eating Ice Cream. It's one of the most delightful books because you can just sit there and look at it. All the colors are bright and you're watching dogs in slow motion caught eating ice cream. The tongue could be anywhere. It's the, hilarious. Yeah, the eyes are giant or, you know, or maybe they're afraid of the ice. You don't, I don't know. One of my dogs, we have three dogs. One of them would not eat. Not at all. The ice cream. And it's not real ice cream when you're, what it's, is it? It's actually dog ice cream. Okay. I researched that yeah. when I first started doing it in 2014. Yeah, I researched what could what could be used. Frosty oh, wow. Paws. Pyrenees yeah. Frosty Paws. And I use that because it looks vanilla. Um, mm-hmm. There are other ones that that probably are um, the dogs may or may not like better, but they're um, like a pumpkin color or they're just not the color that I want. I want it all to be looking like a vanilla ice cream cone. Yeah. Well, I have to say, if you if you get the book Dogs versus Ice Cream, which I have a couple, we gave it out for uh, holidays a few years back. Yeah. My dog, Andy Dufresne, who we talk about on the show sometimes, he's the only one I think in your book that knows how to eat ice cream because he looks like he is attacking it. <laughs> he does. <laughs> I mean, he's just like, he does. this thing might get away. Uh, some of them are a little reticent to Andy Dufresne, very proud. He was uh, the most uh, aggressive eater of ice cream, I think. He was into it. Yeah, he definitely was. Although my neighbor dog, um, 
he's a pit bull mix. He took the ice cream in one. Yeah. One. In just one ball of ice cream. And then I did have another dog that ate three cones in a row before I could even take a shot. <laughs> and then he threw up on my seamless paper. Oh, my paper. gosh. What kind of dog was that? Because that seems like it would have to be a big dog. It was. I think it was the St. Bernard, if I recall correctly. Yeah. yeah St. Bernard just powered them down and then threw them up. We'll talk more about your photography. I want to start with, is this a new thing, photography, for you? Is that Does it go way back? Where'd you grow up? Uh, I grew up in a tiny podunk town of uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona. I, okay. Which I, it's, it's a really pretty place. Mm-hmm. Um, it just was a small town. I, I mean, I felt it was a small town to me. But I started in high school in the darkroom. And then I went to college at Northern Arizona University, and I um, majored in journalism with a photojournalism emphasis. Okay. So it's been a lot. And then I worked for little tiny newspapers, and I did everything. I, I had one job at the Grand Canyon where not only did I write everything and photograph everything, but I sold ads. I delivered the paper. I did all the darkroom work and made the halftones. And um, it, I mean— Talk about learning everything on the job. Yeah. You know, that's... Well, that's interesting that you worked at the... Uh, is it the Williams Grand Canyon newspaper? It comes at... It came out of Williams. There was a Williams News, at, which put out the Grand Canyon News. Yeah. I for Grand Canyon. So... I, it, Fun fact, when I was in college in the 90s, I <laughs> I used to do a lot of telemarketing, and I worked for this place where we would sell newspapers for different parts of, of the country. And Nebraska doesn't have much of an accent. There's a little bit of an accent, but it's pretty neutral. Uh-huh. So we would do a lot of telemarketing there, and one of the newspapers we would sell was the, I, I believe it was called the Williams Grand Canyon yep. uh, newspaper. That would have been mine. Yeah, so... I was just like, wow, why are people reading the newspaper? They got the Grand Canyon right there. Just look at that all the time. And who cares about well, the news? No, there's some there's some <laughs> residents. Actually, I lived at the Grand Canyon for, um, I think I only worked there seven months. But um, I would force myself once a week to actually go through the park to see the Grand Canyon because there's an entryway right at the... Um, right at the entrance where you can turn left and it's where all the um, residents go. Uh, and so you don't see the you don't see the Grand Canyon at all. So once a week, I would force myself to drive by the Grand Canyon to oh, see it. Very cool. Well, so when you're working, I guess you go to college for photojournalism. Is it more of an emphasis on? Is it artistic? Is it more like capturing the? You know how in the newspaper, it's not necessarily artistic photos, right? Yeah, it was a photojournalism. Like we would do. Um, we would do events and things like that to, and, and portraits, editorial kinds of portraits um, there. But we also took art. And I tell you, I am not an artist. And so it was really difficult for me to take art classes because I hadn't done that. But I remember doing color. We were taking all these paint tubes and mixing up the tones and the hues and all these different things. And, I, you know, I go like, oh, I hate doing this. And now I'm like all over the color wheel. I'm all over all of these colors to make to make things that um, are really complementary to each other. So I'm really now I'm really studying very hard color. Yeah. So, turns out. Well, it's interesting to me that you said I'm not an artist because I feel like the photography you do is art. Do you do you not consider yourself an artist? Or is it a different type of artist? Um <laughs> 
I think I have uh, a certain amount of creativity. Um, it's not artistic. I mean, if like I have to make myself think of where shadows would fall, and I need that kind of thing. Like this doesn't come naturally to me. What comes naturally, more naturally to me, is to think of a creative idea out of it and then to execute that idea. And even if I don't know how to do it, do something, I'll just look it up, write it, you know, as soon as I can. There's always a YouTube video on something in Photoshop. So that's kind of how I do it. I've really had to train my eye to, I mean, shadows make things believable and contouring and those kind of things that, uh, that I have to learn. You know, that's what I learned. Yeah. I, I do a lot of composite work as well. So you're taking one element of something and putting it into a scene of another um, to a completely different scene than where you shot it from. So I did one on Breaking Bad with my cats. I had them wearing the Jesse Pinkman hat, little cap, and the the uh, Walter White <laughs> fedora. Well, that actually, and the sunglasses. And that wasn't Walter. That was um, Heisenberg. Oh, Heisenberg, yeah. Yeah, right. so it was the Heisenberg, and then I had, you know, all this blue ice. I, 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 uh, I bought um, blue rock candy and made it into, you know, yeah. the meth. And so that's really, and then I just made this, created this whole scene. I bought a tiny miniature RV of uh, where they cooked the meth, and I had that parked in the back. So it's, it's like I'm pretty good at putting things together and coming up with the clever things, like always— in my composite work, you'll find some kind of really funny thing in there that you wouldn't, that's unexpected. And that's what, that's what I do. That's, that sounds like an amazing photo idea, <laughs> especially the blue ice. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It was the whole chemistry set. Oh, and the other thing is like, I always say you can get anything you want on Etsy. I found a, um, uh, what's the name of their, um, the chicken place? Oh, Los Pollos Hermanos. I found bags of Los, Los Pollos Hermanos on Etsy. And so I had I had them crinkled up in the background. Um, oh, my you gosh. Know, it was really kind that's, of... See, that's the details right there. That ma- it's, the, it's the tiny details that anyone who looks at the picture just for a couple seconds, they're going to notice a couple of things. And then they keep coming back. They're going to notice more and more things. And I think that's what makes the pictures really interesting is you can come back and keep noticing different things. Yeah, I feel like there's a certain delight if you're a fan of the show. Like, for a while, they had that golden moth on the um, on the barrels. Yeah. Just this logo. So I found that online, and I put these in, you know, on the barrels. I, it's just, it was just fun to think of all the little ways that I could, and, and not make it like a hidden treasure kind of thing, but something that, you know, a true fan would go, oh, you know, that's funny. Right. So could we set up a photo shoot? Uh, This has really inspired me. We get an RV. uh, We'll have uh, one of my dogs dressed as a Jesse Pinkman, like you said, but I'll just be wearing the gas mask in my underwear like Walter White when he was. And I think people would really like to see that. I think Uh, they would. I think they would. (laughs) Or the contamination suits. Oh, no, no, no. I think just in my white, tidy Your whiteies, tidy that's, uh, that's what people want to see. I think we could pull this one off, Brian. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm very inspired now. Who are some of your influences as a photographer or just as a creative type person? You know, I really love, uh, there's so much creative pet photography 
And, you know, it's it's kind of a recent thing, maybe in the last 20 years compared to most other, you yeah. know, art forms or photography genres. I love to look at uh, creative pet photographers, and, and there's so many out there, and it's really fun to see other people's work. But I don't—I try not to emulate them. Um, some things you, you just can't help. If you're shooting outdoors, you know, it's going to have this outdoor look and— you can play around with it a little bit, but um, uh, the people I look to as influences are more portrait photographers and editorial mm. photographers because they're really on the cutting edge. You know, you're you're um, there's so many great portrait and editorial photographers. I tend to look at them to see what they're doing and and maybe jump onto a little creativity that way, but. Um, like right now, I'm really into layered backdrops, and that's kind of Annie Leibovitz has been doing it for years, and so many of the other photographers. Now, what I won't do is I won't do one of those ones with the movie cameras down on on the backdrop and all the uh, apple boxes and stuff like that because um, that's such a cliche right now. But but the layered backdrop look is a little bit fresher and. I just ordered my first set. So oh, interesting. I'm very, very excited to get that so one. So you can actually buy sets of layered backgrounds now. Now you can, yeah. Um, I just got this beautiful gray one done by this uh, um, uh, Ethan Alex in um, Illinois, and it's gorgeous. Um, and I'm having him do a layered set for me as well. But I'm also like the queen of backdrops, the person uh who has the most exquisite backdrops has the most experience has the biggest most well-known clientele i'm having her doing um a backdrop for me sarah oliphant and i cannot wait until i get that one that one is going to be super special and for it to be part of dog photography that's what i think is cool um you see, you you don't see that a lot you know yeah. this will be uh, a unique look um, some some of my friends do it, um, and I've been doing it too, but um, it'll be really interesting to see how that comes about. Before we go any further, we did have breakfast at Poroshki Bakery Bros Cafe in North Hollywood. I did not know what to expect from this place. I did not know what Poroshki was. Now I do. It's delicious. It was delicious. Um, but I guess with a little background on this place, I, you know, I walked in and a gentleman named Abraham is one of the brothers. And he was saying that all of the recipes at this place are from his Russian and French grandmothers. So Poroshki is a Ukrainian or Russian baked or fried yeast leavened boat shaped buns. And boat by boat shaped, it's kind of like a long... Like yeah. a skinnier... Uh, it's like a pierogue, the boats in it is kinda, New, New right. Orleans and yep. the bayous and Or like stuff. a gondola boat, right? A yeah, little bit yeah, like that. Yeah. Where it's, yeah, so it's kind of shaped like it with a variety of fillings. It's a very popular street food and comfort food in Russia and, you know, part of their culture. Now, we had... What did we have? We had the... Three cheese burrito. And oh I don't my. know how that's Russian or French, but it was delicious. It was comfort food. Was, I'll say that the three yes. we both had the three cheese burrito and and it was uh, cheddar, feta, and American. And I remember before we ate, it, I said, I don't know how this feta is going to mix in with these other two cheeses because we usually see feta by itself. I think mm-hmm. 
it matched very well. It was really, really good. It's like a 17-pound burrito. The thing was huge. Yeah, you'll see the pictures of it. What was cool about it is, as we were eating, I said, I feel like I should be getting more full or more weighed down than I am. And then I went back and talked to Abraham. He said, oh, that's because we air fry everything. So it doesn't have as much oil in it. So it totally makes sense. So I was like, oh, this is a little bit, if I can come here and I can justify eating this by saying, well, it's not fried in oil. <laughs> I'm so full. Oh my yeah. God, I'm so full. But we had that burrito, the, the feta was really good. And then the potatoes in there, it was the, it was the kind of sliced, uh, almost like thicker, uh, like a home fry, like a home fry type thing, but the but the disc shaped right, and it had the 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 skin still on it, and I thought that just added a nice little layer, nice little texture to it. It was really good. We can recommend. It's one of the more unique ones I've had, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we're used to having what uh, with a sausage or a, yeah, or a sausage or bacon, bacon. or. I just, just like mine with cheese and green chilies. and oh, Green chilies. And, yeah. Green chilies are so good. I could eat those on anything. Anything. Anyway, it was a unique breakfast burrito. And I talked to Abraham uh, also about the meat they put in. He said, well, the reason it's, he says, we take such good care of this meat. It's, it's halal Angus beef. And he said, then we go and we remove all the fat. So there's absolutely no fat left on there. And then they put it through like kind of a grinder, like how you would cook chorizo and then he said, and then grandma slow cooks it for like four hours. Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. The texture was just so smooth and, and yeah, it was very different because you don't usually get a beef type of meat in a yeah, and also it had meal. chives in it. Oh yeah, and so those cheeses, the chives, the chives just popped. Had yep, little, and yeah. the, everything. I didn't even. I honestly, I I didn't even notice that it had eggs in it because everything else was so. You know, eggs. I guess by itself doesn't have the strongest flavor anyway. Right. But it wasn't the star of this, and that's fine because that beef and the che- I don't know what was the star. The three cheeses was really good. The beef's really good. Uh, potatoes. The potatoes were really good too. So it all works really well together. And um, gosh, I could not be a more, more of a fan and more surprised by a place. I mean, it's very unassuming. Uh, you guys will see the pictures and the, and the videos online if you go look on my uh, uh, on my Instagram or wherever. Uh, it's 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 great stuff. So. Thank you for going there with me. Uh, it's my pleasure. <laughs> happy to support Abraham and his grandmothers and uh, the whole family. You know, they're all making really good food at Peroshki Bakery Bros Cafe. I, I loved it. And thank you for going with me. It was delicious. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, you know what? I also didn't mention the, the we did have the Peroshkis too. We had a spinach, spinach and feta Peroshki. That was also really, really tasty. It was like very flaky mm-hmm. uh, crust wrapped around spinach and feta. And they gave us a croissant, like an Oreo croissant. And he said it was his grandma's recipe for Oreos. And that was really good, too. I mean, it was it was, it was was an abundance of food. And I'm not ashamed to say that I ate a, a lot of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to need a nap. Anyway, Proshki Bakery Bros Cafe, big fan. We'll put all the pictures up online. And thank you for going there with me. So you and I did a photo shoot together. And if, if you, anyone has been on brentpope.com, You've seen Diana Lundin's work right there because all those pictures on there of me with all the colorful jackets and ties and with the banana and gosh, what else? Uh, with the pancakes, those are all Diana Lundin. We're in the process of probably updating them for my new hair 
because now it looks. I see Scott hair. I do have hair, and I know I talk about this a lot, but it's like now people. Now it's like, oh, well, I can't have these pictures of forever when my hair has not looked like that for a while. Also, let's talk about that suit. <laughs> it's it's too loose. It's way too loose now because I've I've Brent, lost. Brent had lost weight, and he came in with this suit that was like three sizes too big for him then. So we were clipping it in the back. To make it look, yeah, but the arms still look giant. Look, I would say it's like one of those, uh, talking about photos, right? It's one of those old time photos you would see of a little rascals era kid wearing his dad's suit. (laughs) Is that kind of what it looked like? (laughs) Yeah, it's yeah, it's just too big. It was too big, and uh, it was fun. We had the little uh. Poop emoji. We did have the poop emoji. That was for uh, gosh, one of the one of the pages. Yeah, it was just a really fun shoot. Oh yeah, and the bacon mask. Yeah. So if you go look at that, you will think like, ah, oh, we just took out these fun things. We put a lot of thought into this into this photo shoot for a while. So you know, I made a bacon mask, and I'll tell you what. Um, what was I was going to buy a mask that had pictures of bacon in it because I thought, well, what's yeah. more perfect than that? But I couldn't get it fast enough, so I decided I'll just make a mask out of bacon. <laughs> yeah, look, uh, you have said earlier that you don't consider yourself an artist. Anyone, even if you're following instructions that you've seen something online, anyone who can take bacon and make a mask that I could wear <laughs> on my face— because it did. It worked. I could wear it on my face. It was it completely. It did, but it was still completely made out of bacon. I don't know how you did that. <laughs> I don't remember if you had to weave it like macrame yeah, or something like that. Like a lattice crust that pie is, or and, something. And, but, you know, here's the other thing. There's artistry in you making the bacon because if you cook the bacon too long, it's just going to break. Right. Right? Right. You have um, to have a little, your bacon a little flexible. You, yeah. And if you cook it not long enough, it doesn't look good on camera. Right. So there's a very, I would say there's about a two-minute time period where the bacon is just perfect. And maybe it's you also taking it off right at the right time because you know it's going to get a little bit harder later. I don't know. That is artistry, madam. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put that one on my gravestone. That's right. Uh <laughs> Made mask of bacon. Check. And then I have to put a little registered or trademark on it. Yeah. And then somebody will come and like some kid will come and graffiti on your headstone just with a poop emoji. And then, <laughs> <laughs> True. <laughs> Kids. Um, yeah. So there was that. And then we had the the very fun thing of having a banana. I don't know where we came up with this idea, but... Just the banana, it reminded me of just kind of corny dad jokes, maybe older, like a vaudeville type Almost era. Almost Get Smart, where he has yeah. the, the shoe phone. Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, that and... You had it in your pocket for a while, and then he's, mm-hmm. I said, yeah, just, you know, make a call with it. Well, and then I had the idea, like, what if I just eat the top part of the... That wasn't, I mean, the really hard part with the stem, I just ate that top part off, and then we took pictures like that. It looked cool. It didn't feel great in the mouth, I'll say. No, banana peels, no, no. Banana peel has no appeal. But yeah, so it took us, what did we, it took us maybe two hours to do that photo shoot. Yeah. And yeah. there's a lot of changing and like, so the pictures, it's interesting. You had a tie, you had different colored ties different for colored everything. ties and everything looked very in control when you see the pictures. But behind the scenes, there's so much kind of, it's not chaos because we know what we're doing, but it's like, we've got to keep moving there's a lot of moving parts, 
Every time we get back in front of the camera, we have to readjust the suit and the ties. So I am always amazed at, because I feel like I'm in this um, state of just moving and changing all the time, and yet you were able to still capture all these moments where it looks like, yeah, we're just we're just chillaxing here. Yeah. <laughs> where, it, where it looks calmer than it is? Yeah, I don't know. I mean... It, is that something? Well, I mean, I think it's like that on any set. You know, you see, you see the sausage being made. You know, but but the product is not it being made. It's the product. Yeah. Right. So, um, I guess. But when you know, when we're shooting like a TV show, we have to get through the whole thing, and we're moving the entire time. So I kind of know what's going to happen. But I don't know what would happen if they showed specific frames of the camera, and you capture those specific frames. And I, I just think you're great at it, and I, and I, I loved it, and I love doing photo shoots with you, and it's, it's really fun. Well, I can't wait for our next one because we have already decided what it will. Be. Oh yeah, I mean, do we want to talk about it, or are we? I don't we, think so. Okay, we'll we save it as. I a, think we'll wait on that one. We'll talk about this uh, also later on the show. You're doing a thing of dog noir. Yes. Which is, you know, if people are fans of film noir. It's like that, but with your dog. Yes. And you. And so you. we're going to talk more about that. But uh, that's a little thing that I really, really want to do with one or more of my dogs because I'm a fan of film noir. And then obviously, you know, we did the photo shoot with the dogs versus ice cream, and I was a big fan of that. So that's another thing we're going to be doing. But, uh, th- you know, thank you for uh, doing that photo shoot with me and making it so because I am a person and I don't know if other people like this if there are other actors in the audience or just people that are getting photos done for whatever your wedding uh, your anniversary I have about unless I am really being engaged or I'm really uh, feeling it with the photographer I have about 10 minutes and then I get grumpy oh (laughs) you know so it has to kind of stay fun for me so that's another thing you're really good at is kind of Keeping uh, the talent. <laughs> I'm going to call myself the talent. You are the talent. No, uh, no I'm jokingly calling myself that. Maybe what, I am. That's what I call you. Okay, well, cool. See, that's why I'm in a good mood when we're shooting. Uh, because <laughs> you placate me and call me the talent. No, but... Uh, and so does my makeup artist. Oh, there you go. She calls you the talent Oh, well. well, gosh, I'm getting so... Um, egotistical right now no but when we're shooting it's 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 a skill also it's a social skill of the photographer to be able to keep everyone in the kind of a right uh mindset and it's my responsibility too but you know when we're working together and we're both keeping each we other both in have a good to bring mood it. yeah yeah both of us i can't do it without you you can't do it without me and i i love to laugh i mean that is like make me laugh and we are you know, right. always going to have a great time. And you make me laugh. And what we did was really fun. It was just right. It was just different little vignettes and it yeah. was fun. Well, and so, you know, people, if you're not in the entertainment industry, you might not think like, well, this isn't really that important for an actor. Well, every actor has to have headshots. Mm-hmm. And if you don't get the headshots, then your pictures aren't seen by the casting directors. And then the casting directors can't Get you, help get you an audition. Yeah, yeah, they can't visualize you. They can't help you get in an audition. And then you can't get parts, you know, unless you're already kind of a famous person, which you still already probably have headshots. So it is very important. So, uh, you know, just think about if you are getting photos done, you know, 
meet with a photographer first and make sure you guys have chemistry together because there's nothing worse than doing a photo shoot and you don't have chemistry together. Maybe it's neither person's fault. It's just, it's yeah. just, uh, some people go together and some people don't. You have to find the person that's right with you that, you know, you click with and. Right. Uh, Look at that. <laughs> oh, how spontaneous. Nice. Uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, you have to find somebody that you can, you know, work with. And sometimes it just falls flat. And then other times it's uh, when it's, you know, engaging on all cylinders. It is, it's like the time flies. It's just so much fun. So let me ask you this. When you're doing these photo shoots, whether it's the dog versus ice cream, whether it's the dog noir or whatever, and the, anything that has uh, animals or pets in it, do you find in general easier to work with the human or the pet? The pet. Easier for the pet. Why is that? Uh, well, if the subject is a person, uh, the, the person is very particular about their appearance. When it's their pet... They go, oh, my God, it's little fluffy or, you know, little. And they see their pet in its perfection um, the way they know it. And so um, so they may be critical about, well, that pose doesn't look like something he would do or something like that. But they're more critical of their faces if it's them. So that would be even if they're in it with their pet. So um, and the pet, they're pretty pretty easy to photograph yeah yeah once you've been doing it i've been doing it since 2013 so and the pet's also not going to come back and look at the photos and be like yeah yeah, no well you can photoshop that rollout or right (laughs) 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 or i have a little peanut butter under my chin and you i would photoshop that out anyway but they're not particular yeah because they talk they always talk about when you're doing like tv and film don't ever work with animals but that's because it's in motion and they have to follow command. That's not just snapshots. If it was just snapshots, I'm sure taking the movie and well, I think it's because they'll steal the scene. Oh, I don't is think that it's what because it's so. I don't think it's because they're difficult. I think we don't work with children and animals because they'll steal the scene. I never thought of that. I just never thought anyone is stealing a scene for me. So I assumed it was something else. Maybe that's their issue. Uh, <laughs> interesting. I, I guess I always thought it was uh, because they were difficult to work with or they're hard to get them to pose. But maybe you're you're probably right. I probably just one of those things that I just. Well, you I, can train a dog to pretty much do anything you need it to do for for a film. Uh, I would think children are a little more difficult. Yeah. I think children. For me, photographing children would be harder than photographing a dog or a cat. Well, not all cats. I would have thought that. It would be, like you said, pets would be the easiest. And then the children, because the children, I don't know, you have, they say kids, they'll just play and they have the imaginations and they're not going to judge it as much, maybe. Have you ever seen the audition, um, the audition reel for Henry Thomas and E.T.? Yeah. That's amazing. It's really good. That kid could just bring it. You know amazing. who was great, and uh, we're talking about like people who I thought were really great as child actors. I don't know if Ron Howard was a great actor, but he was always just very adorable and just kind of always been good. But Haley Joel Osment, when he was doing all those movies when he was younger, like The Sixth Sense, The Sixth Sense was, was really good. Now he's also kind of reinvented himself as kind of a portly, silly uh, character as an as an adult, and he's still great. 
You know, that's interesting that he even has a career because so, so few of them have a career yeah. after uh, being child stars and being really cute or whatever. Yep. You know? Well, I would say he's not the cute guy now. He's more character-y looking. Mm-hmm. Not that he's not, you know, not that he's an ugly guy or anything like that, but he's, he's more character-y looking. But he's still great. But uh, it's really funny to put his work uh, now up against when he's a kid because, you know, he's just so vastly different types of parts, I guess. Well, la- no, it was pre-pandemic. We went to Hollywood Forever to watch um, to watch uh, The Sixth Sense yeah. and Haley Joel Osment and the director were both there. So that was really fun. Wow. Yeah, I think well, it was at the end of The Sixth Sense we find out that it was Earth the whole time and the the apes had... <laughs> Is that is that the right one? <laughs> yeah, that's it, Brent. Thank you. <laughs> I gotta call my agent. Get me out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have an agent. Diane Lundine, this has been so much fun. Before we get out of here, I need to get three quick recommendations from Diana Lundine. What is the uh, hidden gem show or movie that you love that people may not know? Oh, I just think everybody knows what um, is good, but um, Only Murders in This Building is one I'm really enjoying yeah. right now. I just started. It's really good. I'm not caught up, but... It, it's really fun. Um, there's one on PBS. Um, and the first episode dropped on Sunday, and it's uh, it's called Guilt. Okay. <laughs> and it's, well, it's a masterpiece theater and it's really, really good. And I can't, there's only four episodes and I can't wait to watch all of those. Oh, cool. I'm waiting for Succession to come back. Oh, yes. I and mean, uh, The British Baking Show. Speaking of, uh, you know, child actors, the, is it Kieran Culkin that's on Succession? He uh-huh. was a child actor. He's still great. So creepy on that show. He though. is creepy. That's, I feel like is that is probably the best drama on TV right now for my money. It's just so engaging and it's. It's Shakespearean is what it is. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. What, what is the show or movie that you watch just for fun? For, uh, well, I could watch Schitt's Creek forever. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is just, yeah. It, the first three episodes are kind of hard to get through. But when you do, it just evolves and evolves and evolves and the writing and the acting just get better and they're more into their characters. And it I, and it's really funny and touching. There's so many things going for it. I just love that show. Yeah, it's a great show. Um, what is the show or movie that inspires you? Oh, that's interesting. Um, w- one show that really... I paid attention, especially the first season, was The Handmaid's Tale because of the cinematography and the color grading. Yeah. Um, You know, trying to move my photography into the next level, I'm getting into color grading now. And um, if you watch anything, like before I didn't even, you know, okay, this movie looks a little orange to me. But, you know, I didn't really think about color color grading. And um, those shows are making me start to pay attention to that and i mean i i don't know how different that is between filters on instagram and you know color grading i mean but it's very interesting and handmaid's tale that first season had such a unique tone and color to it that uh it was so rich i don't know that that one the lighting in it was perfect so that was an inspiration 
just for watching, for the color and the cinematography and, um, you know, the post-processing was yeah. phenomenal. Well, I had not thought of that because I'm not a photographer, but it makes total sense that that's, that would draw you to this show because the coloring, I mean, if you think about it, it is just really interesting all the time. It was, and, yeah, it was re- that, that first season especially. And I think a woman did that one the first season and then oh. didn't do it think didn't do it the second season yeah it still had a little of the crossover but not not to the degree that first season in fact i'm gonna have to rewatch that for that because i'm yeah. you know like i said i'm really getting into color grading now and that one just really hit me cool well guys if you'd like to get more breakfast stuff such as pics of diana lundin and i enjoying our breakfast from peroshki bakery bros cafe go to my website brentpope.com you can listen to all the breakfast episodes there you can see clips from all my TV appearances and the official breakfast store with a bunch of fun stuff, shirts, mugs, stickers, masks, perfect for holiday gifts right around the corner. And it's all in there. People of Earth, do yourself a favor by picking up something from the breakfast store. And if you enjoy the show, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to breakfast and make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. Breakfast is being enjoyed all over the United States and in 40 other countries. And trust me, my breakfast burrito brigade, we are just getting started. <laughs> Special thanks to my editor, the one and only Rosemary Brown, for all the breakfast slice and dice. Much appreciate. Big ups also to my studio engineer, Marco Leone, for making me sound so good. <laughs> Diane Lindine, what is next for you and where can we find you on social media? I am on Instagram as dlundine. That's D-L-U-N-D-I-N. Uh, my website for pets is dianalundine.com. My website for people, which I'm revamping, um, probably with some new Brent pictures breakfast uh is diana com, and i'm on fa- facebook i have i have a people and pet photography um, sites on there too well guys if any of this has sparked any interest to you if you have pets uh look get on our website you can hire diana lundine and she'll take some really awesome photos i can, I can you can hire me yeah <laughs> <laughs> diana lundine thank you so much for coming in this is a pleasure and and so much cool knowledge about photography that I did not know before. Well, Brent Pope, it was my pleasure. And I'm going to go take my nap now. All right. And with that, we put another double indemnity dogs eating ice cream episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope in the old to-go bag. See ya.